time now for Buck Banter with your host, Alpine ISD Superintendent, Dr. Michelle Reinhardt. Good morning, Alpine, and good morning, Martin. How are you today? I am doing wonderful, Michelle, and glad that you're here on this Friday morning. Thank you. Thank you. It is Friday, August 25th, and it is also our season opener for the Fightin' Bucks tonight Go Bucks. at Buck Stadium. So we'll talk about that later in the show, but it is a special, special day. It is also uh, the, the end of the first two weeks of school. Wild to think that we've already been back for two weeks. It has been an amazing but busy and wild uh, couple of weeks, and we'll share some highlights from that in our show today. Also going to talk a little bit about a statewide initiative that Alpine ISD is co leading to help solve some financial problems across the state of Texas. And then at the end of the show, we'll come back and talk about all the things that have happened this week, kind of building up to tonight's home game at Buck Stadium. Well, we're all excited. It is. We are. We are. So welcome back to the 23-24 school year in Alpine ISD. Again, our first day was two weeks ago, Friday, Tuesday, August 15th, and we're just finishing up our first full week of school. Um, as you all know, if you're, you're here in Alpine, Monday wasn't quite a full day at Alpine High School. Um, we had an unexpected uh, bomb threat hoax that happened on Monday and glad to report that everyone was safe and sound and the FBI is investigating the origins of that that hoax. I was telling Martin before the show that feels like so long ago now even though it was only four days ago because yeah. so much uh, goodness has happened in the district since then as well. So one of the things I wanted to shout out today we're going to kind of do a different campus spotlight each week looking at what's going on in the classroom because as a, a district administrator I get to be in classrooms all the time and see and enjoy the amazing things going on, but many folks at home don't get to see that. So I wanted to give you a little bit of an insight into the great things that are happening in our classroom. So today we're going to start at Alpine Elementary. And we've talked in previous shows, Martin, about the new K through five curriculum initiative that we're doing here yes. in the district, really looking at how do we equip our teachers who are amazing and work incredibly hard for our kids with even better curricula so that they can take even more kids to and above grade level. And so we've implemented two new curricula this year in our grades K through five. And today I'll talk a little bit about K through four and tell you a little bit about what those look like in action and what I'm seeing in those in those classrooms. So in the reading uh, classroom, we're implementing a new curricula called Amplify. Again, this is a state-funded, state-stood-up curriculum um, that's doing amazing things for our kids already. And one, some of the big differences that you'll see is that our kids are reading a lot more grade-level text. So if you're a parent, you're seeing homework coming home, you're probably thinking, oh, we're seeing longer text, more complex words, more complex um, sentence types, et cetera. That's exactly right. This is pushing kids to grade level and then giving the support the supports to get there. So the, the fancy way to say that is that that is an increase in text complexity, uh, but you'll see that our kids are being really successful with that. I was in a second grade classroom yesterday and it was joyous to hear all of those kids reading and engaging in some really complex text for second graders, but doing a great job of it. You'll also see many more theme-based units. So right now our K through four, uh, fourth graders are studying nursery rhymes and fables and also personal narrative, but some of the upcoming units. There's an upcoming unit on the science of inventions, which I think it's going to be a really neat one. Um, animal classifications. Our second graders will soon be studying ancient Greek civilization, nice. which I love that. I didn't study that for the first time till at least middle school, maybe high school. Yeah. But think about all the fun things that our second graders can learn there 
while they're deepening their reading and writing skills. Um, and then our kinder and first graders will be studying the human body in just a couple units, which will be great. Um, other things that you'll see with this curriculum, there are writing opportunities throughout. And so students are both reading and writing. And as you can imagine, what does writing look like in kinder versus fourth grade? Really different, but at every grade level, uh, students can be thinking about their ideas and communicating them in writing as well. One last example I'll share with y'all about um, the higher level that these materials help take our kids to. There's a lot of higher level and inferential type questioning in these materials. So I'll give you an example from my own daughter's homework. There was a question that she'd read the story, and then the question was asking something about why why did the kid do uh, the kid sorry why did the king do such and such? And my daughter went to the text and pulled an answer from it, but her answer didn't actually answer the question. Right? She pulled something like, "Well, the." King did blah, blah, blah. And she just described what he did. That doesn't answer why he did it. That just said how he did it. And so her, her teacher had marked that incorrect and written over to the side, you know, a better answer would have been blah, blah, blah. And it was interesting because it's a great example of how it's not just about what does the text literally say, but what can you infer about putting these different pieces together from different parts of the text to answer higher order questions. And so that's an amazing opportunity for our kids at all grade levels to build the those um, higher level skills. So really excited about the way that this curriculum is already pushing our kids, right? And helping our kids um, have even more success in grades K through four. So excited about that. Switching over to my favorite subject, if I was allowed to have one, Martin, and that would be math. And our new math curriculum wanted to give you a couple of views from the classroom on that, plus what you'll be seeing at home there. Our kids are doing a lot of work on what's called fluency practice. That's building their math facts with automaticity, meaning being able to um, work flexibly with numbers, but also quickly with numbers. So you'll see a lot of things that they're doing there in class. Um, also doing a lot with application word problems. So again, this is not just your two plus two is four. It's can you think about those numbers in context of something? Can you solve real world problems with that math? And so you'll see your students drawing a lot of pictures, solving problems based on what they know, having to read math problems, and then also write about their math as well, which we're excited about. One of the big shifts, and I'm, I'm talking to parents, y'all, like myself and my husband included, one of the big shifts you'll see in math is that it's moving beyond just procedural, right? Memorize all these things, memorize all these steps, and instead having a background focus on conceptual understanding. What, why does that work? What does that mean? What does it look like to actually do this particular math operation? And so one uh, pro tip I want to share with y'all parents, there's a homework helper that comes home with your kiddo's math homework. Josh and I have read that many a time to look at, okay, wait, why? Like, what does this picture mean? How does this work? It helps us as parents understand the conceptual piece that we may have never learned in school, right? We might have just learned that procedural piece. So check out those homework helpers because they can be a big help for uh, doing that homework around the table in the evenings. So just again, an overview of some of the great things that are happening in K through four classrooms across the district. In future weeks, we'll talk about the great things happening at Alpine Middle School and Alpine High School who are already all in deep into content content, you know, in week two of school, um, but just wanted to give everyone a quick view into the great things going on. Well, looking forward to hear about all of the campuses. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We're pivoting and this is not a new issue. This next one we're going to talk about, this is something we've talked about in previous weeks, but we've got some important updates we wanted to share. So the next thing we're going to visit about is the statewide initiative that Alpine ISD is co-leading to address the school underfunding that's happening across the state of Texas due to CAD and comptroller disputes. 
So just, I want to say three hours ago, a new article dropped in the Texas Tribune, which is a statewide newspaper focused specifically on political and legislative issues. And so we're thrilled that this article came out. The article is entitled, How a State Effort to Fund Texas Schools Equitably is Shortchanging Dozens of Rural Districts. And it specifically focuses on Alpine ISD's persistent underfunding. Nice. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. So when you go to the Texas Tribune today, it's article number one, very top of the page. Take 10 minutes and read through that article to see what's going on. I'm going to read through just a few paragraphs from the start of the article and then segue us into um, how we got to this point and what the work we're continuing to do. So I quote, for the Alpine Independent School District, being $200,000 short of a balanced budget this school year meant dipping into its savings again. It meant one more year of using plywood sheets to separate classrooms in its elementary school and looking for cheap parts on eBay to fix the middle school's aging fire alarm system. The yawning gap between the money the small West Texas school district needs and the funds it gets could lead to bankruptcy in a few years, Superintendent Michelle Reinhart said. Quote, the math doesn't work out very well for us, she said. In terms of longevity, how can you sustain that? Like most Texas school districts, Alpine ISD is facing critical operational challenges like stagnant school and student enrollment, rising operations costs, and teacher shortages. But for Alpine and about 200 mostly rural districts, a kink in the state school funding system is worsening their financial troubles. End quote. There's more to read. Go check it out. But here's what I want to talk about with our community. Y'all, it is hard to be the statewide figurehead district for this, right? It is hard to talk about the fact that our million-dollar shortfall we have every year from this issue, right, results in $5 million plus of district facility updates that we can't do right now, that we can't afford, right? It results in lower teacher salaries and lower staff salaries that we haven't been able to give raises for in years, right? So it's hard to talk about those things, but it's also an opportunity. Us talking about these things is an opportunity for us to really change the math and change the reality and really fix these things so that Alpine can be fully funded for the first time in years. Let's hope we're the squeaky wheel that gets the grease finally. Exactly right. And that is what part that is part of what this article is all about, right? Getting that statewide attention to say our kids deserve a fully funded education. So quick refresher, this is like the three-minute elevator pitch, um, not an Alpine elevator because there's nowhere you can be on an elevator for three minutes in town, but you get the idea. A quick elevator pitch about what this issue is about if you're listening in for the first time. CAD Comptroller Disputes is about this. The state determines how much money each school district receives, right? So like, yes, we pass budgets, et cetera, but really all of this is state controlled. So I want you to imagine an empty coffee cup, if you will. The state says, okay, Alpine ISD, this is the size of your coffee cup. To be clear, every school district does not have the same size coffee cup. Oil field districts get much, much bigger coffee cups slash canteens, if you can imagine. But we've got a, we've got a coffee cup, Troughs. okay? Troughs. That, that, that is probably accurate. So imagine this coffee cup. So here's how the state funds it. First, they say, okay, all of your, whatever you collect locally from local taxes, you're going to fill the cup with that first, okay? And here in Alpine, we, we do that. That doesn't fill the cup all the way. It fills the cup about 60% of the way. And then ideally what happens is the state will fill the cup, the rest of the cup, with state funding to make the funding whole, right? To fill the cup up. 
So that's what happens in 85% of districts across the state of Texas. But here's what happens in Alpine and the other districts where the local CAD fails the state comptroller's property value study. What does that mean? It means the state is checking to see, do they think the CAD has valued prices, uh, property values high enough? And if they, if they say no, if they say we think the CAD hasn't put the prices high enough, the values high enough, we think they should be higher, then the CAD fails the PBS. When that happens, here's what happens to school districts. Even though schools and CADs are completely separate entities, right? We have no control over the CAD. They're their own thing. We're our own thing. Here's what the state does differently. The state says, okay, so Alpine, we see you. We see how far you filled up your collections or your cup with local funds. But we think you should have collected more. We think your values should have been higher, and had they been at the level that we want them to be, we the state, not we Alpine, we the state, then you would have collected this much more in your cup. So because of that, we're only going to fill from this higher level on up. And so imagine in our picture, you've got this like local funding going up to a certain level. Then you've got this big old gap, this big old imaginary area in the cup where the state's saying, well, you should have collected all that if your CAD's values had been high enough as compared to what we, the state, think they should be. And then the state's only going to fill that top little bit from there on. That's how Alpine ISD loses a million dollars a year of its funding. And so do 150 other districts across Texas. That's wild. That's wild. That's and it results in punishing school districts for something that's completely out of our control. So one of the things you know we're saying about this is leave us out of it, right? If the, if the state and the CADs want to fight, y'all get after it, figure out how you want to do that. But don't punish the school children of Texas and these communities for this issue. So what are we doing about it? All of that buildup to get to this. Uh, right now, Alpine ISD is co-leading a statewide initiative to mobilize up to 150 superintendents from all these districts that this is impacting across Texas on this one issue. So I'm working with Eddie Hesseltine, who's the superintendent in Orange Grove ISD. They're down near Corpus Christi. They lose a million and a half dollars every year to this issue. And they've been losing year over year and are on the verge of bankruptcy because of this issue. Alpine is not on the verge of bankruptcy. We have $5 million in our fund balance. But you can imagine that losing a million dollars a year isn't sustainable for, yes. for very long. Right. So what we're doing is we're hosting webinars next week with these superintendents from 150 districts to educate them about the issue and the solutions. There are ways we can solve this to provide every district with a one pager that shows how this issue underfunds their district and to provide them with the contacts they need for those superintendents to call their legislative representatives because our legislator has to solve this issue in the October special session that we're anticipating. So the good news is this is an issue we can fix in October. So many people are talking about it. I think the Texas Tribune article is a great example of that. Um, and finally, they're talking about it, right? We've been suffering under this for years, but finally and rightfully so, people are talking about this issue and the state has the money to fix they this. They have a large surplus. They have a large surplus. So this is the year to fix this. So our plan is to keep up the pressure from all angles so that we can finally get relief on this issue and be a fully funded district as soon as this school year. 
Well, that would be fantastic. Keep up the good fight. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Pivoting to something um, a little more more joyful. I mean, that last topic we talked about, it's going to be joyful when I can come on and tell you all about how we solved this, but we are not there yet. Joyful. Let's talk about our first home game tonight at Buck Stadium. First, I'm going to back up a little bit and tell you about the things that have happened this week, building up to our first home game. We had Meet the Bucks on Wednesday night at Buck Stadium. It, it was an amazing turnout. The, the stands were full of people from across. Alpine coming out to meet the Bucks from both our Alpine Middle School and our Alpine High School athletic and band program. So thank you, Alpine, for coming out. Also that night, Alpine Middle School hosted an enchilada dinner fundraiser for uh, the Joel, uh, Joel Ibarra family, and they raised almost $5,000, nice. Martin, which is amazing. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you, Alpine, for coming out and wrapping your arms around that family. It's such a great example of the goodness of Alpine coming together. Um, this morning, I started my day over at Alpine Elementary for their kinder through fourth grade pep Always rally. Fun. The Always best fun. way to start a day, y'all. Like, there is not a more fun way to start your day. That's just it. Our cheerleaders were there from Alpine High School and our varsity football players. They led cheers, uh, got the elementary kids all pumped up right before sending them back to class. And my favorite part was before the um, K through four kiddos dismissed, all the cheerleaders and all the football players formed a walkthrough tunnel for every single elementary kiddo to walk through on their way to class getting high fives along the way so an amazing way for our older uh, students really who are the heroes for many of these little ones to pour into and love on our little kids as well very nice. Right now, Drop the Beats happen in Alpine High School, where our band and drumline play in the main hallway between first and second period. Again, just adding some pep to the day. All building up to tonight at Buck Stadium. So tonight, first home game, our varsity football fighting Bucks will take on Clint Mountain View at 7 p.m. So be there for that. Arrive early because it's also senior night. This is a change from how we've done things in the past. We're doing senior night at the first home game. So that'll start around 6.20. So get there even before that so you can see those ceremonies we'll also have our mini cheerleaders from alpine elementary who had gone to a cheer camp this summer with our varsity cheerleaders they'll be on the sideline and on the track throughout the game tonight helping amplify those cheers so check them out and we'll also have the opportunity to see the alpine high school band's first public performance at halftime tonight as well so looking forward to all of that and we hope to see as many of y'all there as possible also happening this weekend, this is one of those weekends where you've got to be in three places at the same time. I don't know how we do it. We just divide it up across the across town. Our Varsity Lady Bucks volleyball team is competing in the Philly Festival Varsity Volleyball Tournament in Denver City today and tomorrow. And tomorrow morning, our Running Bucks cross-country team will race in the Tall City Invitational cross-country meet in Midland. So we wish them all the best as well. As we wrap up today, I was trying to think about what's the theme, right? What's the theme across the things that we're doing, across the things that we're talking about in the show? And for me, the theme today is that we're not waiting, right? We're, we're moving ahead with amazing new curriculum at K-4 through at Alpine Elementary. We're moving ahead with statewide pressure to solve an issue that has underfunded our district for years. And we're moving ahead with great new extracurricular seasons, launching those, starting off play. It's going to be a great, great year to be a buck. Well, we're looking forward to it. And uh, tonight's game, 7 o'clock is the kickoff. Sounds and, good. And we're excited. Go Bucks! Go Bucks! You have been listening to Buck Banter. Buck Banter is brought to you every other Friday at 9.05. And it is sponsored by the West Texas National Bank.
ready for a 